With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with LPL Financial with over 75 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their Perrysburg offices at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also, visit their website at kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Money Sense. Brad Kirsten along with Kevin Kirsten here with you this morning. A lot to talk about. More progress in in Washington. I think we're moving a little closer and... Uh, for the end of the year here, we're going to have some real progress. This week was just the vote to meet to go to committee. So they had to they had to have a vote to agree in terms of taxes. Yeah, they had to they had to agree to to discuss it. And that that vote apparently moved the market on uh, one of the days. Um but a lot of the news is actually moving the markets. Well, and, and on top of that, you have congressmen resigning and I mean there's a lot going on here and uh well there's there'll obviously be appointments that'll happen. The gov- when, when a congressman resigned, the governors get to appoint somebody and then there'll be a new election next November for those empty seats. Uh, so but in terms of the tax plan, it's moving along like it should be. And the lies are coming out. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, the lies that are coming out from old Chuck and Nancy, uh, as, as Trump calls them. Uh, it sounds like a sitcom, you know, yeah. Chuck and Nancy and their and their lies about tax reform here. But uh Let's talk about let's go back to the market here, Brad. Market hit all time highs again on Friday. Um, we're up over 20 percent on the year. And now that puts us in a, a category where we are actually having the most common type of year mm-hmm. of what do you mean the most common. This is no, we're all time highs. This is highly unusual and euphoric. No, actually, um, almost not, not quite, but almost 40% of the time, just under 40% mm-hmm. of the time, the market goes up 18% or more or more. So it actually is a very normal year mm-hmm. and, and actually the most normal type of year. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. Yeah, actually, uh, 18% or greater happens more than negatives. So then all uh, negatives combined, all negatives combined don't happen as often as what we're, we're experiencing right now. If you're not invested to the end of the year in a year like this, you're not going to even come close to the averages. And usually, uh, it, especially when we have a period of time where we've gone two years where you went nowhere, 2000, October of 14 through the election period, it's not just a one year. You have to be invested for a while here to experience a little outperformance 
to even get back to the averages. Well, and I'm having these- a lot of interesting conversations, Brad. We we had our uh, holiday open house, uh, big success on Friday, and a lot of interesting conversations about the markets. And right now, when the markets are at a high point, I, I just find... I just find the psychology of investing so fascinating and and the way people's minds work when it comes to investing their money. And so a lot of interesting discussions right now regarding where is the market? Of course, what about what about nine years ago? What about 2008? And I, I was even pointing out, you know, somebody had mentioned that they knew somebody who got out before the crash, mm-hmm. got out before the crash. And you know, I don't know the person they were talking about. They're talking about the person that got out before the crash. And they said, boy, wasn't that person really smart? And I said, well, it depends. And they said, what do you mean? They, they missed the crash. I said, well, if you got out before the crash and you stayed in cash and never got back in, well, no, actually, you're worse off than the person that rode through the whole crash, mm-hmm. even if that person was 100% invested. Mm-hmm. Because that person is up... Uh, we'll see the high point before the crash was around 1500. We're at 2600. What is that percent return, Brad? That's well, a little over 1100 points on 1500, not including dividends. That's 70%. Now, nine years, 70% isn't anything amazing. But if that person pat themselves on the back and say, hey, I missed the crash. Aren't I great? And they never got back in. They missed out on 70% positive performance. I know the the return when we got to the 10-year point was 4.12. We're higher than that now, and we're past the 10-year point. Right. So I think your your 10-year return is now probably in the 6.5% range. Right. Um, so had you done nothing in the last 10, you'd still average a little less than the long-term and, average, but still a pretty good return. And that's not to say overall you should be tremendously aggressive, and that's the conversations that I've been having the last couple of weeks when people say, well, what do you do? What do you do? You, what if the market crashes? What if the market goes down? And even though I don't think that's going to happen, I can't certainly completely discount that, especially when a client or somebody that you see is having that happen because mm-hmm. it's not a 0% chance. Right. Okay. So what do you do if you really are that concerned? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't wait till the market crashes and then do you do something beforehand. Mm-hmm. You design your portfolio to be crash proof or at least crash resistant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that when, if, if that happens, you know, I've, I've stress tested this portfolio. See a lot about stress tests with banks right now. I've stress tested this portfolio to know if the market goes down X, I go down half of that, mm-hmm. or I go down a quarter of that. Well, we were just talking, that's about- what you do. People think that there's always this advisor or manager out there that's going to be able to say, I just heard somebody say, oh, well, um, you know, I talked to an advisor and he says, well, I have circuit breakers and things like that. That doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody can time it in, out, avoid it, jump back in. Doesn't happen. But what you can do is stress test your portfolio against those periods of time. Earlier this week, we were talking about portfolios that were Probably designed to be more of a 70-30 portfolio that because of growth and a little bit of our own uptick post-election had gotten to about an 85% stock, 15% bond. And here we are rebalancing those back to 75-25, and we're pretty bullish on the market for the next year. And what will our conversations be with those clients? But it is just this. It is you can't be 100% certain. And so you are rebalancing a little bit back to preserve the gains that you've had. So that we have the right amount of risk, because if you do nothing, if you don't rebalance a little bit of that, 
you're actually more aggressive than we intend to be. And so the downturn, you will feel more of it. And, and that's that's a good point, Brad, because I've even had these discussions with people that and then I say, listen, if I take the Rip Van Winkle approach to investing and fall asleep for the next five years, you're going to wake up. You're going to make money. Yeah. OK, but I I I understand the realities of the fact that. We've never gone two years in a row where the worst correction is 3%, and we're going to have that here in, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I, I'm not going to say with 100% certainty, but I'm pretty close to knowing at some point mm-hmm. in 2018, we will have something greater than 3%. Is, yeah. that, is that safe to say? I, you could, I, you could <laughs> almost say the word guarantee. Almost. Right. So the point is volatility will tick up. We'll, yep. We could have five on the downside, seven, ten. And but it is it is interesting though because I even had someone call me and say you know you talked about how you were pretty positive for the next five years and I got my my confirmations and you sold stocks and you bought fixed income yeah and so that's a tough thing to wrap your mind around and the key is you're not selling all your stock yeah you're rebalancing you're maybe hedging a little bit because a correction is overdue yep and when that correction happens we don't want to feel all of it and maybe it's a buy. Maybe yeah. it's a buy yeah. at that point. Probably is. And if you did nothing, you would have nothing more to buy. You'd have nothing you, more to buy. So and you need a little dry powder in case, you know, a 42% up year in technology uh, leads to a January sell-off in that sector. You got to be ready. Yeah. I, you know, long-term, we want to own these things that are the, the growers of the next five years. But at these frothy levels here, you got to, you got to put things into perspective a little bit. Let's go back to let the, them run all the way up and all the way down. And, and I don't. You know, we're, it's certainly not as good as the 90s, Brad, yep. but let's go back to the last time we went a full year where 3% on the downside was the worst was the worst sell-off, which is what we had this year. Okay. Okay? 1995. Now, the market went up 34 in right. 1995, so we're nowhere near that. Yeah, we're hearing people make I, those comparisons. Well, I even heard uh, someone who worked for a major investment manager yeah. talking about 1995 today, and I questioned him at a uh, meeting that we had, and I said... Yeah, but 1995 was plus 34. Yeah. And you think we're going to go up? He was talking about many of their managers being uh, a little bit concerned that we're up like Like 95. I said, well, I agree. If we go up another 15% from here, I'd be that concerned. But if we went up another 15% from here, we'd be underweight the benchmark. That's right. But let's talk about that year. The very next year, the market did 20%. Yep. So once again, longer term, it did great. But the very next year, there was an 8% sell off at some point during the year. From high to low, yeah. The year after that, the market did 31. There was an 11% sell-off that year. Mm-hmm. The year after that, the market did 27. There was a 19% sell-off. So even if we're going to use the 90s comparisons, which I don't think are great because the 90s, the market went up much more than we are today, mm-hmm. volatility did eventually kick back in after a period of very low volatility. I think you, you're, the unusual thing in the 90s, too, is that you had large and mega caps as your leaders, and you had tech as your leaders all throughout. And while everybody loves technology this year, I think you're going to have year after year of new sector leaders. You're not going to have technology like this year. People forget that technology wasn't even close to the number one sector last year. I think it was number six out of 10. And so you you don't just own Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Netflix and call it a day. Uh, There were articles last year about all those being dead money. And here we are this year, and they're the top performer again. So don't get too caught up in in buying what you know and reading uh, an article about how you can just buy those and, and, and forget about it. When you start reading those articles, the end is near. And I think 
That's the one thing that makes me a little bearish short term is that the consumer confidence and investor sentiment numbers are going up. And when they're high or at an all-time high, it is bearish for the short-term prospects of the market because there's no one left to buy. You actually need skepticism and the market to climb that wall of worry for us to move even higher. And we're getting maybe to that overconfidence level. And that does make me a little concerned for the next couple months. However, we've got all of this positives coming from what's yet to come from tax cuts. And that'll be our driver Anytime we get progress on that for the next couple months. Well, and I think the other thing that is different about this particular rally, different than uh, when we bounced off the bottom in 09, different than the 90s, is globally we're seeing a turnaround. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. Well, you have to go back pretty far here, Brad. Well, you're going to the the 80s. the, The 80s, the last time you had... All markets around the world. Mm-hmm. We, on, uh, according to FactSet, on the world index earnings per share. Now, earnings per share on the S and P next year are predicted to be about one hundred and fifty per share, one hundred fifty dollars per share. Um, in the year two thousand, for example, it was about thirty five. Okay, so uh, it, it went up to about eighty per share in two thousand and seven. Dropped all the way back down under that 30 per share, and we've gone on earnings all the way up to 150. But globally, uh, we are actually just now getting above the pre recession peak if you look at the whole world. Okay. So even though the U.S. is up tremendously, we're finally seeing that recovery around the world. And, uh, the key is, okay, yeah, earnings per share, but where's the growth? And you're seeing certainly much better growth, particularly in the emerging market space. So it's interesting to see that. I mean, you, you'd have to go all the way back. In fact, um, we almost got above pre-recession highs in 2010 as a, as a snapback from the recession. And then from 2014 all the way to uh, the, uh, mid-2016, earnings, earnings went down fairly significantly around the world. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's not only just the markets going up, but certainly fundamentals to back it And up. that corresponded with negative performance in world markets. And so still... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You've you've not missed out on anything, uh, even though the international markets have slightly outperformed the U.S. this year. 
and you take a look at everybody talks about, well, we're getting tax cuts. Let's make these comparisons to the Reagan tax cuts and the 80s, even though we had great growth. We had a great stock market in the 80s. We had uh, good GDP growth. We had uh, just the U.S. was was doing well. But when the U.S. consumer and U.S. businesses are doing well, it helps the international countries and companies even more. And a better place to invest than the U.S., even though we had good performance in the 80s, were all the international markets. Well, I think people tend to think on investing that if it goes up one year, there's there's a lid. But you, you look at this world index of earnings, Brad, it is a 19% increase year on year. Mm-hmm. So all other things being equal, okay, stock prices are driven by what companies make, mm-hmm. okay? What companies make, you're looking at 19% year over year. If we have another year of 19% growth, stock prices will will follow. Yeah. Okay. It 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 doesn't have anything to do with being due to have a big sell off. If the earnings back it up, yeah. if the earnings don't back it up, then we'll get concerned accordingly. So but, if, if if earnings grow by that and the and the prices don't move with it, the stocks just became cheaper. Let's take our first pause. We're going to talk about one other thing that's going to boost the earnings for these companies, and people are throwing it out there like it's a negative, but it will it will make the market cheaper. And it's going to happen because of something that's happening in the tax plan. And it's a good thing. You're listening to Money Sense, Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. Whatever your financial goals, working with an independent financial advisor acting as your fiduciary has the potential to improve your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and markets so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance. To find out more, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions, because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment product. We are free to choose products that best meets clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice, because we follow a fiduciary standard. Our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA. INRA SIPC. The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most, finding well-management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands-on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low-volatility liquid assets or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIP. Our weekly market and economic market and economic commentaries this week have to do with our 2018 uh, market outlook. Uh, the stock market outlook we put it out there too. Uh, I actually like the economic outlook better, Brad, because the stock market outlook. I mean, 
You're, it, in order to get through compliance, well, it's not so only that, down. but it's it's crystal ball stuff. Yeah, you don't, and nobody knows. Who knows? Yeah. You, you could have the economy doing well, the stock market can do better or worse. A one year prediction. I like to look at five year outlooks much better, and I think a lot of the smart managers look look at that. But I, I do like on the economy when you're looking at things. You could say, you know, we're we're looking at, and this is, I mean, yeah, it could be a tenth above or below, but 3.7 globally is a pretty good number when we're looking at uh, uh, global increases to GDP, emerging markets, 4.8. So check that out um, as well. You can get an idea of what we're looking at for 2018, and uh, it does look pretty good overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, the Fed has going to have something to do with that. They're probably going to be raising rates next week, but I think if we stick with, what, about two next year, uh, which is what the market is thinking, that's that's, going to be fine. We won't have to worry about an inverted yield curve. Uh, the economy will be growing, so long-term rates will go up with it. It'll be a healthy thing. They'll be doing it because, for all the right reasons. Inflation's ticking up at a modest level, so they don't need to do it any more than that. Right. Gavin, the new code in Washington for fake news is this. Whenever I hear this, I know we're about to hear some fake news. It's been widely reported. Absolutely. Well, it's been widely reported means we. this is based on no fact, otherwise I would say it. Uh, and I've I've been reading it everywhere. And so it must be true. Well, because somebody reported it doesn't make it true. And the new it's widely reported is I'm not going to benefit from the tax plan. Right. Americans don't agree that they're going to benefit. It doesn't matter if they agree or not. They are going to benefit from the tax plan. But what you'll hear is it's widely reported that a lot of people's taxes are going up or polls. Polls show that. People don't think their taxes are going down. In fact, well, actually, because because polls show that people's taxes aren't going down doesn't mean people's taxes aren't going down just because people think it. That's right. Sherrod Brown was saying this to Orrin Hatch a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And and Orrin Hatch just said to him, just because you say it doesn't make it true. And 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 Sherrod Brown said, but people believe it. But people believe it. Well, why do they believe it? It still doesn't make it true. I mean, the 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 Democrat playbook and i actually have to give him credit because it's it's actually ingenious playbook lie 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 okay and then the next people can say i keep reading I or keep, it's been widely reported or it's been widely reported and 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 good old chuck and nancy were out doing this this week but lie 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 then once those lies get out there and get into the news mm-hmm. which i don't know how they get into the news without being reported as a lie then let's do a poll Mm-hmm. Let's pull a thousand people, 70 percent Democrat, 30 percent Republicans and say, do you think this tax plan will help you? And then when the poll comes out, they then report that poll as, as news, fa- as, fact, as, as fact, as news, because if people believe it, then it must be true. I'm going to give you I actually have one of these polls from two weeks ago. So the question was, if the president, if President Trump's tax plan became law, do you believe that it would? And the, the three questions were. Uh, have you pay more in taxes, pay the same, or pay less? Of the total that were reported, and this is a lot of people, uh, 14% think they would pay less, 21 said they would pay the same, 25 would pay more, and the rest didn't know. So 25% of people think they would pay more, 14% of people think they would pay less, and it wasn't even that that much better if it was actual Republicans. Only 24% of Republicans Surveyed, thought that they would pay less. Now, I'm sorry, but unless you make more than $2 million a year, and even those probably won't pay more, they'll just pay the same, you're not going to pay more. There is such a small sliver, and if you're living in Ohio, you're not included in this sliver, of people that make 
about 150 to 170,000 that live in California, New York, and, and only, only only those states. California, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. And we're itemizing, let's go with that too, that might pay a little bit more. But they were also getting a little bit of a federal free ride because of their huge tax deduction because of their state. So they already were paying less than you in Ohio and anyone else in a low tax state. They were already paying less than you. So it's already not fair. They're making 150 and you pay X in federal and they pay X minus about 10 in federal. So they're already getting a little bit better deal than you. And so they might pay a little bit more, but it's actually leveling the playing field. And yet only 14% of people, because of the widely reported uh, fake news on taxes, think they're going to pay less. What I, when this stuff comes out, what I wish we could do is say, we're going to have our new tax plan. And before you file your taxes, you can agree to go to the old tax plan because you think you're going to pay more. And anyone else who thinks they're going to pay less can go on the new tax plan. And let's just see how it is. Or let's just put both programs out there so we can actually see the number that people are paying less. The only people that aren't going to be helped at all, and there is this group, are the people that weren't paying anything anyway. And so those people, yes, are not helped, but they already weren't paying anything. And I would say the number is probably 95% of actual taxpayers are going to pay less. And there's probably about a 4% group that will pay the same. And there's a a 1% or less than 1% chance of people that could pay more. And that's the numbers. And, And once we finally see what it is, and then we actually get the tax receipts, what you won't see widely reported are the real numbers. So people paying nothing aren't going to get a break? That's, uh, that, is, that is widely reported. That is. Okay. Well, the Washington Post, Brad, has, as, you know, they do the Pinocchios out there talking about not being truthful. We're going to get to a, a Chuck and Nancy in a, in a minute. We're out there with the rhetoric on the corporate tax only benefiting the millionaires and billionaires and how bad share buybacks are and how bad dividend increases are. But, you know, here's some of the other things that were out in the last couple of weeks here uh, talking about ta- the tax cuts. Um, and it's always it always has to be such a ridiculous thing. Like people are going to die. And, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders said it's morally repugnant. And, and uh, I saw. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Who's the guy who used to be the president of Harvard, worked under uh, Obama? He was Larry on this, Summers, Larry, Larry Summers. Summers yeah. And uh, he said, uh, you know, there, some some ridiculous number of people are going to die as mm-hmm. a result. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. And well, I just just yesterday with uh, with our, our client uh, holiday party. Somebody said to me, I heard the millions of people are, are going to go without health care. I said, no, no, these are the people who don't want it anyway and are being forced to buy it. And yes, those people will not get penalized and be forced to buy it. So, yes, there will be less people with that coverage because they don't want it anyway. Coverage, not care. Not care. Not Everyone care. always had So care. here's four Pinocchios, Brad. Uh, Democrat senators are spreading the false claim. Uh, the Washington Post reporting this, that average middle class families earning less than 86000 would see an increase. Uh, Camilla Harris said it. Uh, Bob Casey tweeted it out. Uh, Jeff Merkley, uh, Democrat from Oregon, under GOP plan, U.S. families making 86 k see increase of $800. Debbie Stabenow, same thing. So they're all putting it out there. And once again, they put it out there. People hear it. People believe it. They do a poll. 
The, and then the poll the says the public believes it because they read the, it. And then the poll gets reported as fact. Yeah. And, and so uh, Washington Post gave the Democratic claim that the GOP tax bill would raise taxes on middle class families for Pinocchios uh, on that. Uh, Democrats were in such a rush to condemn the GOP tax plan. They spread far and wide the false claim about the 86,000 in their haste to condemn the plan. They spread the false claim that families making less than 86000 would see a hefty tax hike. Actually, it's the opposite. Most families in that income range get a tax cut. Any Democrat who spread this claim should delete their tweets and make clear their error. Uh, talking about this, 97 million Americans, 80% of households, uh, 80% of households, 80% of households making less than 86000 will see a tax cut. Uh, no, 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 no. Stop right there. Because... That's 86%. Think about how many people like making less well, than Because 20% of the people under 86,000 don't pay anything. Don't pay anything. And that's so they're not they're, getting a cut. Right. It's the same. People will read that and think, well, 14% of the people are getting an increase. No. 14% so of those the people numbers are, are the Brad, same. Those numbers are 122 million households. Okay. Mm-hmm. 97 million of those 122 households see a tax cut. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, of On average, uh, $450 cut per year. Okay. The rest, the other twenty-five million, don't pay anything. So they're the same. They're the same. So well, what would be what? What some people would see there is that there is a big chunk getting an increase, and it's just not true. Only two of the four Democratic senators once called out deleted their tweet of the false claim, and same thing we're talking about, Brad. It's already out there. Yeah, it's yeah, already so out how many, there. How many times do people go back and look at? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Past tweets, right? Whether they erase it or not, you already put the fake news out there. I mean, that that stuff's buried. That's like Google page two. Nobody goes to Google page two. Right, <laughs> right, right. And then, okay, you know, another one they're giving multiple Pinocchios to is the 13 million uh, people losing health insurance. Uh, they're also being ripped on this week. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Mischaracterizing the CBO report. Uh, Senator Schumer said the uh, Senate Democrats need to more... Uh, it's talking about the CD, CBO report. Senate Democrats need to accurately describe the CPO report. Uh, 
Schumer saying uh, estimating the impact of repealing the individual mandate is mostly describing a voluntary action of people choosing not to buy health insurance, just like you just said. That's not the same as kicking off 13 million people. No. Some people may feel they don't have a choice because their premiums increase. Senate Democrats need to more accurately describe the report uh, saying that they're kicking 13 million people off health insurance is not true. It would be we're allowing 13 million people not be forced to buy it because they didn't want it or can't afford it. That's right. And I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. Uh, Grover Norquist called them out on it, talking about uh, lying about tax reform. Schumer is lying. He was out with a press conference. Uh, Schumer, was he was hit batting on, on the false assertion that the bottom rate on working class families is going up. Schumer said this this week. Well, the bottom rate is now zero. So. Right. And right. and you have now twenty four or twenty four four whatever they come in with as a standard deduction instead of twelve to twelve six I can't I think it's twelve six now so we, ha- we have, you have more per- money not getting taxed and somehow the bottom the bottom taxpayers are getting an increase the ten percent rate is going to zero and where the ten percent rate was Mary filing jointly is getting a doubling of their standard deduction so you have you have two aspects to the lowest group that means they're going to pay less or none. And, and Grover Norquist goes on to say Schumer is pretending there isn't a zero rate because there is because there wasn't a zero rate before. Right. OK. And uh, it's very dishonest. And what it tells you is that Schumer is not going to play any role in working with Republicans to play any role in tax reform. Uh, you don't certainly expect him to coming from New York because now all of a sudden, uh oh, New York has to be called on the carpet for their high uh, rates. Mm-hmm. both on a state level and locally, mm-hmm. uh, because they're not going to get the big tax breaks anymore. Mm-hmm. So they have to you know, be on the lookout be on the lookout for that. Kevin, all of this is an opportunity, though, for investors, because anybody who doesn't believe that individuals are going to get more money in their pocket and corporations are going to act on these tax cuts is missing an opportunity to invest in 2018 because all of this is stimulus for the economy, the market, and investors. And so that is the opportunity. There's one other one we didn't even get to here yet that we're going to take our break and talk about, and it's how repatriation will affect And the corporate tax in general. corporate tax in general will affect companies and their actions in, in 2018 and beyond and why it's all a good thing. But it's not being reported that way. And so we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. We'll be right back. With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low volatility liquid assets or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we specialize in helping investors navigate these life-changing events. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, it is important to work with a fiduciary-focused advisor that will look out for your best interests. To schedule a free, no-obligation consultation, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Whatever your financial goals, working with an independent financial advisor acting as your fiduciary has the potential to improve your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and markets so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance. To find out more, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions, because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment product. We are free to choose products that best meets clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice, because we follow a fiduciary standard. Our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA. SIPC. What we're hearing in the news now and what we're seeing out of some of the senators kind of talking down, bringing foreign dollars back and how companies will spend it is that it's not going to help the little guy. But stock ownership in the United States in, in general has gone down a little bit over the last 10 years. But anybody who's working owns stock. The numbers in 2007 for anyone making uh, married filing jointly, uh, a household uh, earning 100000 or more, it was 88% of those households own stock in 2007. Today, it's 89%. So if you're working and you're contributing to a 401k, you own stock. I mean, and, and many people who would, would say, I don't own anything, they indirectly own it and they don't know it. If you don't own any stock and you have a pension plan, you own stocks. Yeah, the pension's invested there. Okay, that, that would be included in this If you number. don't own any stock and you work for a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. just, just working for that company means you own stock. Well, because, that's true. <laughs> because this number, the 89% number of, of, of people who own stock who make more than 100000 it's a survey. The question is, do you own stock? Well, some people own stock. They don't even know they own stock. That's right. Okay, I don't think there's any of this 89% that said they own stock that don't. I don't think you think you own stock and you don't. But I think it could be the other way. The number's probably a little h- higher than that. So of people who work, probably about 90% of them own stock. And so stock buybacks or dividend increases, which will be the two main things that happen with the initial repatriation dollars that come back, money earned overseas that's now getting taxed, and there's no reason to leave it overseas. It's all coming back. And it happened in some form in 2004, 5, and 6, when Bush did a tax holiday for this. And, and $325 billion came back. Came back. $325 billion came back on that tax holiday, which they're doing a different this, this time around. Yep. I think it might actually turn out to be quite a bit so better. So when they did it then, it was, it was, there was a time frame. You had to bring it back. Five and a quarter is what you got. To bring it back in a, was it a two-year period? Right, it and it was, it was 35. If you brought it back, you got five and a quarter. Yep. And then after that period of time, it went right back to 35. Okay, so now you're just getting taxed at probably what's going to be 12. There's no reason to leave it overseas. We're not making you bring it back, but why are you leaving it there? Okay, there's right. no reason to leave it there. There's no reason to leave so it. So it will come back. Right. Will it come back immediately? It doesn't have to come back immediately, but over time, it will come back. So Chuck and Nancy are using this as an opportunity to spread more lies. You know, I really think as crazy as it was when when Trump was using lying Ted Cruz out on the campaign trail and it actually worked. I think he should shift that to lying Nancy and lying Chuck because they are consistently lying out there. So they're using this um, corporate tax reform which is going to be positive for the economy as an opportunity to spread more lies and there a few companies announced uh, more buybacks 
which had nothing to do with the tax reform. These are s- scheduled announcements yeah, yeah. that they're doing. Okay, but uh, he uh, Chuck went out and said uh, uh, these companies. I'd say to President Trump and my Republican colleagues are not announcing new investments or wage increases like the Republicans promised the world. Now let me, let me stop right there. Okay, and companies when they make a major investments will do an announcement. Never in the history of a company have they ever done a press release to announce wage increases. Okay. Right. right. So Chuck is saying, why aren't companies announcing wage increases? Because they don't. Because they don't do it, Chuck. That's not a thing. Yeah. Okay. They don't say, you know, Home Depot doesn't come out and say, we are raising wages. I mean, they might do it as a PR stunt, maybe, but it's not something that's normally reported. Right. Okay. But because you have to actually declare how much you're going to do in a stock buyback, whether you do that much or not. Right. It is actually... A report. That so he's get- saying they're announcing stock repurchasing. This is Chuck Schumer saying this stock repurchasing programs that benefit only wealthy investors. Okay. Is that what they announced? So the, because or, you're an investor, you're automatically a billionaire. Yeah. I, I don't You just meant, gave those numbers. I don't think that's true. Uh, it was uh, T-Mobile, Home Depot, Bank of America, and MasterCard. Uh, Home Depot led the way with a $15 billion buyback and raised its long-term sales target. Oh, we don't want good American companies like Home Depot raising their long-term sales targets. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when when you're looking at the money coming back, you look at the repatriation holiday that happened in 2004, uh, 300 billion came back. And no matter what's done with the money, okay, earnings drive stock prices. Mm -hmm. You went over the numbers, okay? Okay, when a stock buyback happens... If you're an owner of a company and a stock buyback happens, you now own more of the company. Correct. You now have a bigger share of future earnings. Correct. Earnings are valued per share. Yes. So let's say they retire 10% of the stock with the stock buyback. You own 10% more. Okay. If you had 10 shares, now you have 11. Right. Essentially. And so future earnings, future growth, you have more of a part of. How is that a bad thing? Now, how about dividends? The same thing. They do a stock. They do a dividend increase, and dividend growers and companies who do stock buybacks both outperform. Why? It's a healthier company because you own more of it. And companies that do dividend increases over time perform better. But it's it's really just a tell for how they're growing. It's a tell for growth of the company, it's and it not- just adds to your long term total return. By the way, right, right. I mean, right. If if your it's average annual return the- is eight percent and your dividends go up one percent. And everything else stays status quo, you're going to do 9%. Earnings plus dividends equal your eventual return over time. Right. Does it happen every month, every year? No. But over time, that's what your earnings of, of the company are going to be. Right. Now, Chuck and Nancy would have you believe it only is helping billionaires. but Or, or instead of the stat that I said, which is most people, about 90% of them own stocks, they'll say only 54%, and that's the number now, 54% of all Americans own stock. Well, that includes babies. That's all Americans. Right. Because they're looking at a number, and we have this many Americans, and here's the number that owns stock. Oh, oh, by the way, that's including children. That's disingenuous. Right. But that's the number they'll put out there is 54%. Well, I think the corporate tax in general, Brad, is, you know, it's just like a confusing thing because you got companies paying it, and, 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 you know, people don't really know how it affects them. Okay. So let's talk about all this money that's overseas, almost $3 trillion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when they're looking at the cash, I mean, cash levels right now, I'm looking at corporate cash as a percentage of assets on the S&P 500 companies. 
it's the highest level going back 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So companies are very healthy as a percentage. Uh, yeah. Okay. As a percentage. Okay. Very, very healthy, healthy with their balance sheets. But let's let's break it down. When the cash comes home, four things can happen. Companies can invest it, so expand. Sure. They can capital expenditures. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So that's one thing. Let's let's start with that. They can invest it. Good or bad for the American economy, Brad? Okay. That's good. That's good. It's, it's got to be right. Well, if they spend money, what are they going to do? They're they're buying some new tech. They're they're plant equipment. Uh, they have to hire people. They have to hire more people. I mean, maybe they're building a new plant. Uh, okay. All of it good. Okay. Second thing they can do when they bring the money back from overseas, they can give it to shareholders. Dividend increases. Buybacks. And, and stock buybacks. Yep. Bad or good? That's that's good. Ninety. I would say 90% of our listeners own, own stock. Correct. So good thing overall, you own more of the company. Earnings per share go up. It, I, it, it blows my mind because here's the thing. You know, I, we say this a lot about people who, uh, you know, Chuck and Nancy are in this boat. We've said it about people being pushed into certain investment products and, and wondering what the motivation is by certain advisors to do that. But yeah. with Chuck and Nancy, they're either lying about it mm-hmm. or they're so uninformed that would you really want them representing you because they they know so little yeah. about how financial markets work? Which one is it? Yeah. Which either one, one's bad? Either one's bad. They are either both so unintelligent that they don't understand how financial markets work, or they're lying. Yeah. They're so they're lying or dumb, but both are bad. Do you want somebody like who's a liar or very dumb representing you? I don't know. But when you're looking at the last thing. They can, they can they can take it and they can pay their workers more. Yep. So in practice, they actually do all of these things. It's never one thing mm-hmm. that they pick. Right. In varying amounts, depending on the economy, but it's good. It's a good thing overall. So any amount of money that comes back into this economy, you know, it's either it really is, and, and all those things can be boiled down to two categories: investment or savings. Mm-hmm. Okay. You either save it or invest it. I I give. I give you $100, you're either going to save it or invest it. Right. One of those two things, both of which are good for the American yeah, economy. Neither are bad, and that's what's being spewed out there. Now, I think the stock buybacks, we're going to talk a lot about it. There's, they're not going to be as big as 2004 through 2006 because interest rates were higher then, and companies, if they wanted to expand, were doing secondary offerings and issuing stock in order to fund their expansion operations, anything to grow. It's not what we have today. What we have today is low interest rates, and if companies needed to do anything, they were just issuing a low interest rate bond or getting a low interest rate loan. And so we don't have what we had in the 2000s, which was stock market valuations of the 90s and 2000s were so high that let's just issue stock because we can, and it won't hurt our stock price. We haven't had as much of that. We've actually had a drop uh, in in new issuance. And so I think we maybe will get, of the dollars coming back, I think 50% of it will be stock buybacks and dividend increases. And I think the other 50% will be wage increases and capital expenditures. That number was 80% in the repatriation dollars that came back in 2004 through 2006. So the, I think that's why we have so much talk about it now, is it was, it was so much stock buyback and dividend then. But... We had a lot of of need for stock buyback then because companies had over levered their own company. You know, I'm, I, I keep seeing, I see little snippets of things in the Wall Street Journal, and I just saw one here right in front of me, Brad. It's it's almost comical to me 
how liberals try to spin these economic things and how wrong they are. One person is saying here in the Wall Street Journal, Brad, one resolve the bill, and they're trying to spin this in a negative way, is wages might finally get a boost. In response, companies could accept lower profit margins. Of course, if they pay higher wages, they're not going to make as much on their earnings. So they might do that. So now all of a sudden, what, now wages are bad because companies have lower profit margins? Or, oh my gosh, this could be terrible, Brad. Uh, So, of course, if companies have lower profit margins because they're paying higher wages, it could send stocks lower. Or they might raise prices to increase their profit margins to offset those wage increases, which, if successful... Might spur inflation, which, by the way, we need. Right. We haven't had any for 10 years. Yes. But that would also hurt stocks. So, you know. No matter what. No matter what, they they try to spin it that no matter what happens, this money is somehow going to hurt you. And that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And And now the bottom line is, is because they want it in their pocket in Washington. They don't want it in your pocket. Mm -hmm. They feel that you can they can do better with this money. Than you do. I mean, and even some some Republicans feel this way, like a Bob Corker. Yeah, right. Well, I I just heard that the the one problem of what we're doing with repatriation is we're not putting those dollars in a bucket that government can spend. We need to do the repatriation twelve percent, put it in a bucket. I heard Ed Randell say this. We should be putting it in a bucket and just spending it on roads and bridges. Is that like the Al Gore Social Security lockbox? Yeah, yeah. That, that bucket. Let's just do this bucket. Trust me, I know how to spend it. That's what they wanted. Yes. Instead of just using it for the offset for these tax cuts, to say we can make the tax cuts even bigger because all this money's coming back. And that I, I don't get I mean, economic growth. Even Bob Corker, as part of the Republican plan, Brad, wanted to put in place that if somehow we don't get the growth they're expecting, that there's an automatic trigger that taxes go up. How about this? How about an automatic trigger that they spend less money in Washington? How about that trigger? That would have been great. That, I mean, why, why can't we agree, agree on that? Why can't we agree on a 5% cut, cut across the board? Mm-hmm. Nobody. And I'll close this buyback discussion with this, Brad, before we take our break. And I'm not even going to read anything from it. But when I'm seeing from September 15th the case for stock buybacks and why they're positive, mm-hmm. and it's from the Harvard Business Review, yeah. if Harvard's putting it out, the, the liberal place that that is, I mean, do we need to really say anything else? So yeah. uh, the, the buybacks will happen. It'll be part of an overall thing, uh, but obviously some of it will go to investment and wages and other things like that. Too. I don't think it'll be as big as it was in 2004. That's why it's probably – you're going to get it anyway. What you own will be doing stock buybacks. You don't need a sleeve of the portfolio that is specific to stock buybacks uh, because I, you know, I, there's going to be some good ones and some bad ones. Some companies do stock buybacks, and they're, and they're buying back their own shares at a high price. So that's not necessarily a good thing for the future earnings of that company. Right. But uh, I, well, you need a manager that's going to pick and choose the ones that are good and ones that are bad. You don't need an index of all of them. So right. uh, take it a little bit with a grain of salt. Let's take our last pause here. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about all the topics uh, that we've been discussing and what's important going forward into next week. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we specialize in helping investors navigate these life-changing events. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, it is important to work with a fiduciary-focused advisor that will look out for your best interests. To schedule a free, no-obligation consultation, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Whatever your financial goals, working with an independent financial advisor acting as your fiduciary has the potential to improve your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and markets so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance. To find out more, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Uh, something that I think affects a lot of our listeners and retirees in general, and that is that the standard deduction is going up to 24 or 24.4. And that affects a lot of retired people who maybe mortgage interest deductions are not part of it anymore. They might have done it at one point. Yeah. But but slowly over time, you end up being a standard deduction anyway. And if we double that standard deduction, even more people will. There's one aspect to something that became permanent a couple years ago that I think people could take advantage of so that they get an actual deduction that they might not get. And that is your charitable deductions. That you might do if you're over 70 and a half, what was made permanent that they were kept doing these 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 annual band-aids for is the qualified charitable deduction, meaning if you were not itemizing, but you were making charitable deductions and you were over 70 and a half up to the point of your required minimum distribution, you could actually gift that directly to the charity from your required minimum distribution and have it not be taxable. So you didn't need to itemize in order to have that charitable deduction. Now that even more people will be in this group that are over 70 and using standard deduction, it's even more important that if you have any charitable inclinations at all, that you prepare ahead of time, that you might not be an itemizer anymore, and that in 2018, once the tax law is done, maybe do a little bit of math and and, and figure if you are or are not going to be itemizing because... If you want your charitable deduction and you actually want to take the deduction, you want to do it directly from your requ- from your IRA to the charity. And how we typically would do that is make it a, a qualified charitable to the third party, but pay it direct, have it be sent to the individual so that you can deliver your charitable contribution uh, directly to them. But now, if you're over seventy and a half. You're actually going to get to take the deduction. So there's a little bit of work you have to do to make sure you do. I mean, it's frustrating that people have to do the dance. Do I the guess dance. it's good for good for businesses like us because yeah. we can have the expertise to do it. But, I, you know, you know they, that's what you have to do to get the deduction. Well, you know, if you're in a 25 percent tax bracket and, and you, you want to do 10,000 a year, okay, you weren't going to you're you weren't going to get a deduction if you if you didn't do it this way. If you do it this way, you're saving twenty five hundred dollars. Right. So right. It's, it's worth the exercise. And uh, and I think it's 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 just something that people need to be aware of so that if they're doing any of that early in the year, uh, they're doing it the right way. So I think it affects a bigger chunk of the population now. A lot of changes are going to be coming down the pipeline. So you're going to have to pay attention. I mean, you know, obviously, they're not going to make this retroactive, so there won't be as much scrambling. Uh, no, we're going to be first... done pretty early in the year here, and it'll be a 2018 It'll be plan. a 2018 plan, but uh, it, it uh, don't listen to the lies. It's going to help virtually everybody other than a small sliver. Quite frankly, everyone in our listening area is going to be helped by this tax plan, and, and you can't believe anything else. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I mean, overall, Brad... Trump is being proven right in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone makes fu- made fun of him because of the fake news discussion, and 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 he's been proven right. Mm-hmm. They're 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 making fun of the tax plan, and he's being proven right. I mean, how many times does he have to be proven right before people kind of say maybe what Trump was right about that? I mean, just this week alone, Brad. Um, 
CNN lied about the date that Donald Trump Jr. got the WikiLeaks report. Yeah. And they had to retract. Right. Brian Ross had to retract about what Michael Flynn was doing. Uh, you know, of course, Chuck and Nancy will never retract well, what they say gonna, about the tax They're going to keep talking money. about that, that the tax, the repatriation will uh, will not help people. But even if it's just stock buybacks and dividend increases, in, from 2000 to 2014, the S&P 500 returned 3.6%. Companies that did stock buybacks or increased dividends were 12. So if you're a company that is doing this, you're going to benefit from it as an investor. So don't let them downplay the effects of companies bringing money back and spending it. No matter how they spend it, it's a positive. Right. Don't let the spin affect your investments. Or or turn off the news because there's, there's, I mean think about it. Oh well, we'll never get three percent GDP. Well, we're we already are, there. We're already there. Three well, quarters in a row. Well, you won't get three and a half. Oh, we're already there. That's not possible. You know, time and time again, he's being proven right. I mean, how about the news? Even you know, this is not e- economic, but I think long term it might be. Which the news this morning, ISIS is almost completely eliminated from Iraq. Why? Because. Trump actually trusts the generals to do what they want to do, and they're not hamstrung by peace, the PC nature that was in the Obama administration. Once again, he was proven right. What did they say? Oh, you'll never be able to do anything with ISIS. It's a it's a lost cause. Yeah, Obama tried for eight years. He and couldn't do he it. He couldn't do it. And here we are less than a year in, and they're all completely out of Iraq. When are they? Obviously, I'm asking a rhetorical question here. When are they going to acknowledge it? They never are. They, they will not. You will not see an article. Meaning the media. Right. You, you, yeah, anything economic, you're not going to see an article that says Trump was right about economic growth. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, maybe you see it in Investor's Business Daily in an editorial, but you're not going to see it uh, widely reported. Widely reported. But back to that. So, you know, pay attention to the truth out there. Make sure you're getting the right information. You can always do that here on this show. Uh, you're listening to Money Sense, Brad and Kevin Kirsten, and we'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Money Sense, brought to you each week by Kirsten Wealth Management Group. To contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.